back for another episode of Anime Shampoo. Yeah. I'm Tony Banda, the writer of IX Foot, a futsal manga on Amazon, and this is my editor Nate Orecchio. What's up? That's it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep talking, my bad. As you can tell, we're so good at these these uh podcast intros and i feel like i say that every week <laughs> yeah you do it's like groundhog day <laughs> <laughs> you said uh, what's up as if the people are supposed to know you <laughs> yo yo what's up it's your boy <laughs> it's your boy named recchio <laughs> it's like who is this guy all right um, um so we'll but be- i guess what we should give a little update right because some big shit happening with i expect it is, it is, it is. So, uh, you know, our boy Z, he be making deals behind the scenes, trying to get IX Foot out. Um, you know, spread the word. <laughs> get IX Foot into every hand in America and the world, hopefully. Um, <laughs> the first America. <laughs> first, first America. Um, but uh, on the, a small update on, well, actually it's kind of big from the last episode. We uh, finally updated the website and it's it's live. Um, I don't know if there's a description for Spotify. We'll put, we'll put a link. I think there's okay, a, we'll put a link in, thing that I put yeah. in. And, then. and just a little heads up, it is going to look sketch, but uh, you know, this is still a startup after all. So we don't a have free... a domain name, right. yet, but it's not a virus. And you know what? Most of you people watch anime on illegal sites yeah. <laughs> we're not hating but we're just pointing out a plain fact and those sites tell you that hot women are in your area three <laughs> miles away so you're not opposed to sketch sites yeah. and we know you clicked on those links you dirty <laughs> bastards just and i can't judge because i definitely have been curious and i've definitely clicked <laughs> on it and then immediately exited out of that shit because i was like i don't want a virus on my phone <laughs> So I use the Xbox and click on it. <laughs> 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 yeah, your Xbox is. Whew, Bro, it's alright if it goes. The browser on my <laughs> Xbox now is just a bit messed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no cap. Anyways, we're gonna be covering Psychopath episode three in what is also the third episode yeah. of Anime Shampoo, but a little recap on episode two. Episode two is basically a world building episode, if you could call it that. Akane wakes up after the aftermath of what happened in episode one, where she had to shoot Kogami to stop him from shooting a victim in the first episode. And she goes to visit her friends through their conversation. We learn a little bit more about the civil system about and about herself in regards to the system. She's basically a genius and has cracked the system. <laughs> and she's deliberating why she chose the job. And as the episode goes on, they go and catch a dude who's in a public area about to do something nefarious. And in this interaction, she's with Masaoka. They catch the criminal, of course. Good guys win. <laughs> and um, yeah. at the she goes to then talk to Kogami. And Kogami reassures her that what she did was correct. But we also learn that Kogami has some PTSD or some... Mm-hmm. unearthed aggression that he, he needs to get rid of and at the end of the episode Akame is, Akane is sure of her decision in the first episode which she was deliberating throughout the whole second and yeah that's how it ends 
Kane, once again, just a well-written character. Just love her. And now yeah. we're in the third episode, which, uh, shoot, I swear this week I was like, I'm going to remember the episode name. But you know what? Oh. I'm Googling it right now because even Joe Rogan has that guy who Googles things for him. So <laughs> That's true. I think it's unearthed like conventions or something. Yes. It's something convention. conventions. Yes, rearing, rearing conventions. Episode three is rearing conventions. And in this episode, basically, the Public Safety Bureau is going to investigate a crime that's taken over taken place in a factory outside of the civil system and that's where we start we're going to start with the first half of the episode so let's do it well <laughs> the first thing i thought of was like isn't it funny how like the only sort of crimes we see in the show are like <laughs> mega crimes <laughs> like really serious crimes like death rape murder I mean, death's not a crime, but you know what I mean? Murder. <laughs> but, <laughs> Your tent is not a like, crime. Right? <laughs> like, it's sad, but it's not a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was just thinking about how there's a lot of death in this show. But anyways, um, but there's like nothing like, hey, we're going to stop like a guy that's like stealing a, I don't know, a purse from an old lady or like, hey, he stole i don't even know if they have gas stations in this in the civil world that'd be interesting to find out though <laughs> if they show it to us one day um like oh hey he he shoplift a a candy bar like you know what i mean like it's only like big ticket items <laughs> big ticket crimes that we see i just find that so poignant i think a, a little bit of me thinks that that's because the one of the themes of the show is is relationships i think like the human relationship yeah and what in the first episode masaoka says like we have all of this technology but we're not any bit more connected to each other and like crimes like rape and murder intrinsically are rooted in relational problems mm. like usually people who do that have like warped senses of what a relationship should be and i also think it's it's this way because or at least it, like my thinking is in the civil system for the most part you wouldn't really have a shoplifter because mm. it should be so efficient that like nobody would need to steal yeah yeah petty mm. crime like it might happen in the outskirts you know yeah, where yeah. the first episode kind of took place but not really within the system or like the industrialized like living of civil but yeah i think it's because like yeah those are those are definitely relational relational crimes and i also think this is the to touch on what you said last week when i when i was watching this episode which honest to god this is like the episode that really got me like really? when i first watched it and it's i mean not really a spoiler but like the whole last sequence just like There's not really even a half to this episode because it's all kind of just like yeah factory and then the, it's just the investigation unlike the yeah. episode 2 you, you could really cut it into a half and a half yeah but like just i don't know it just got me buzzing again like it felt like watching it for the first oh, time oh dude yeah, i feel that 
last week when you were talking about where does passion lie and i started to think about passion what if passion in an, in and of itself is just like passion is your existence and mm, you know mm. you've heard it before that like everyone worships something you know yeah we just happen to choose what we're worshiping yeah and so you come into the civil system and we'll, we'll assume that this is still true of humans that we all worship something we're all passionate for something mm-hmm. now when you stem what people can choose and you say choose this choose this choose this as far as like where that passionate stream should go right i think to a degree the human will still wants to exercise freedom and choice mm. and when mm. it doesn't have good healthy outlets for that passion it will end up becoming perverted and having to do mm. things that are like nefarious to satisfy said passions and the reason i bring this up is because first off the beginning of the episode once again another apartment sequence where we've got kogami yeah training right he's he's kind of fighting and it's very like a for actually learned this word in psychopath it's a anachronistic apartment outside of its time you know what i mean yeah yeah it's like something that would exist in our world completely right, yeah. like he has no technology down there. yeah it's it's almost like so normal but it also yeah. some, seems so outdated yeah. you know for the the show you know and it's crazy that you mentioned that cuz i i noticed that too i was like dang like it's weird because his apartment is like dingy and stuff like that and like dark and kind of like it looks it looks dusty lowkey but just yeah. Probably, yeah. probably from the the smoke and stuff like that and i also think that's funny that he smokes indoors but that's another point but I, it almost felt more comfortable you know what yeah. i mean like it, when i was watching it i was like dang this almost feels more comfortable because it's a little bit more familiar with you know our own freaking apartments where it's like you know we're not living in these high rises in tokyo or whatever <laughs> but um know about that I'm in I'm in my own Tokyo <laughs> <laughs> but I mean think about it he's in that dun- dingy apartment and we see him training with the punching bag right and I think it might be the only time you see a character like kind of doing something besides like the two and two enforcers last episode who yeah music and playing video games he's like he's just doing it granted it's fueled by the said grudge or unfinished business he has but he's doing something we assume he's passionate about to a degree right yeah and like it's in an anachronistic pre-civil type of environment and i i think yeah, that's yeah. Like poignant and then we move towards what's happened like i just said it's in a factory and it turns out they've been what three murders yeah in, in the span of maybe like 3 years or something like that. Yeah, 3 years, something like that. Yeah. Something of the sort. And so they're going to investigate this factory. And we learned that in this factory they don't have the civil system because they're kind of on the outskirts. And like you were saying last week, where does passion end up? So these people are all selected to go into the factory mm-hmm. and work there and all this. And because they can't choose, but the human will is like designed, I think. to make choices it's designed for freedom which is why boring uh, when you're bored it feels so painful you know when you're yeah. 
when you're at work when you don't want to it feels so painful because to a degree it's not really a choice you had to make those are like necessities and so when that's the case because the human will still wants to choose and passion it can't choose anything healthy it will choose something nefarious and evil to get off that like you know passionate will i've made a mm, choice yeah type feeling and that's what kind of occurs in this episode with the factory members yeah you know they basically have to bully each other to keep the hues up <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought that was so funny cuz man i'm not going to lie though like you know we played soccer where we you know during like you know preseason we would go to the freaking church and it felt like in some sense we were like in a prison where just yeah. guys you know we were working like not like animals but like we were literally just working either at the church or outside in the like 90 degree weather in the freaking Indiana humidity um and then you know sometimes having two practices a day and work and then also you know sometimes we would only eat twice a day like we would either skip <laughs> breakfast or lunch or both and then we would just have dinner <laughs> or university will find us <laughs> <laughs> well too late now i mean i don't know what they can do to us but uh yeah uh, <laughs> it was a great place <laughs> it was amazing it was dope uh, <laughs> but yeah so it's like weird like how you know we we kind of knew that like there were some people that we had to make fun of or some people just had to be the brunt of the jokes in order for us all to kind of get along you know what i mean not I mean, like that's, bullying that's but that's crazy. what the cuz that's what the guy says right that's what the yeah. supervisor says he's like yeah it's just harmless teasing i'm like yeah i get it i get it <laughs> i mean of course you're kicking him on the ground and shit and that's probably a lot different than teasing but i get it i get where he's coming from i get the sentiment cuz i do understand that like to your point like relationships like when you literally have nothing to do like when we were in the freaking church together i mean no hey but we can only be on our phones for so long before we kind of just need some human interaction you know what i mean yeah and you know it's just the fact of life like i don't i don't think anybody would disagree with this but like you know some sometimes a showing of love is to just make fun of people <laughs> like some obviously degree, yes. like to some degree like not like saying hey ah oh, your mom died haha <laughs> that's so funny you're you know an orphan now haha <laughs> yeah. like that's not that's not funny i mean kind of <laughs> like uh to say that to somebody's face to tease them that's a whole different level but like you know in some like making fun of like somebody's like endearing quality is a sort of way to like i don't know health- healthfully release that energy you know what i mean or that pent up like I don't even know what it is. Like it's just that energy that you get up inside of you where you're like in some form like this interaction that we have even though it's like like you know quote unquote negative like making fun of people's not necessarily a positive thing but it can lead to positive relationships, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where um in the episode the you know the workers were so routinely in this like sort of cage where they just were doing the same thing over and over again that it almost came to that point of like bullying you know what i mean yeah and it's like then they couldn't do anything 
release their like sort of like pent up you know i i agree with you i think it's like we want to ha- we have this passion and it's it's not going anywhere i mean th- we don't know if they were really passionate about debugging these you know these robots they were just like told by civil that that's what they were meant yeah. for you know what i mean and so you know maybe some guys really passionate about comedy and so he starts off the teasing by like making a funny joke and everybody <laughs> else got their pent up aggression going into and their pent up passion they're like yeah let's let's all like you know gang up on this guy and then it turns into bully you know what i mean and it's crazy cuz like the environment around them doesn't change so everything can only escalate you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's the thing it can only get worse but at the same time they definitely it's still it's strange cuz it looked so isolated and the difference between us on the team and them in the factory is that at least to a degree we chose to be on the team like that's that true. was always that's true and like to some degree there was a measure of we have to get along with each other you know even if we're doing right. group chat stuff you know yeah. where like that was usually the thing in pre-season let's get someone's facebook photos put them on the group chat yeah <laughs> adam but like to a degree we would know when it was too far and when to stop that way like things can proceed smoothly and we also always knew that we're not going to be in pre-season for the whole year right so we're going to split up eventually so you might as well do this now and then once we have to get focused we'll get focused or whatever right but these guys are in there the whole time and they don't have any entertainment the whole place is gray it literally looks like an office i don't know what it is about office spaces but they're always gray yeah gray i don't know if that's like psychological for a reason maybe if they were bright the dichotomy of like bright walls and stuff wouldn't fit well with the boring work i don't know yeah. but like it's like it's gray it's dingy and they live in it like yep. they just and they they kind of like work like dogs because the guy like the supervisor says and akane and genoza like there's so much input and like yep. they have to produce so much that they have to live there and the supervisors he's aware of this and is he's pretty sketchy himself right you know he's just yeah, he's yeah. got that weird freaky so, smile all the time man <laughs> the way it is i guess and I, to a degree i do agree with you i think who you're willing to let insult you is usually like a marker of friendship yeah you know some people have, have friends who said way worse stuff to them than their worst enemy oh <laughs> yeah that's because facts. of like the the relation to each other you're willing a to either forgive it or b getting on the joke yeah. whereas like when an outsider makes it you're like nah but i think yeah. the issue here is that it's so it became bullying because of, it was just like the group and one yeah <laughs> no, it wasn't like there was no break for him yeah he was he was working two jobs double shift <laughs> but like i think the idea of like the solidarity of the group is that to some degree groups need like singular things to focus on that keep them unified regardless yeah. of what 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 their differences i mean with nations this is nationality you know patriotism mm-hmm. whatever regardless of all the differences you want like okay the one thing that links me to the next guy is we're both malawian that's good enough in this case it's that we're both going to make fun of kanahara <laughs> yeah <laughs> see see his hues 
um, shift and shit. But I think there's also something really interesting going on in the episode. Um, one, in regards to systems and how they work and like groupthink and all that. Because mm. I started to think to myself, you know, I've said it before that like, there's a, you know, there's a brand of people in the world who think like democracy is the like panacea of all governments. It'll cure everything. Right. You know, if a government is going wrong, it's probably because they're not democratic. And, you know, I don't care about your political beliefs or anyone's. <laughs> that's just a, that is a frame of mind that I've seen. Right. Yeah. But I've always said to people that like, sure, maybe we can say certain systems allow for corruption but like the truth about it is if you shift the system the corrupt people are just going to change their rules to the certain system right i know this because i come from an african nation where regardless of democracy or what what and what once the government shifted to democracy the the same corrupt people who were in power found a way in democracy to stay get corrupt power and be corrupt yeah. And that's because whether it's democracy, capitalism, or monarchy, they're all systems of power. They're all systems of yeah. deriving power. Yeah. And in Sybil, and especially in this um, factory, it seems like the hues are a new system of deriving power. Because the Sybil mm. system is, to a degree, built on the idea of like utilitarian maximum happiness, right? You yeah. Know, the, the goal is to have the the majority be happy and the minority well too bad we'll put you in therapy all that and that's kind of what occurs here the majority of the factory is happy except for that one guy <laughs> that's a win that's a w <laughs> right yeah and i'm thinking to myself but then they they have their hues allowed to be seen by everyone and they create a yeah. power system from the hues so suddenly mm-hmm. the thing that's supposed to cure them and get them away from division is now used as a way to divide them. And they can they can all see it, which I found like really kind of interesting to the way you would think they shouldn't. But the civil system kind of knows that they need they need like a they almost need an equality or a way to feel bigger or something in this like factory so they they allow them to all see their cues and stuff and that's now you've just shifted the rules like going from capitalism to democracy and they, they're just kind of finding a new way within the new playing system to derive power i don't know if that all makes sense <laughs> that's what i was thinking when i was like seeing it i was like that's kind of odd in a system that's like supposed to be getting you to equality and all this well, it's interesting because, like, it's it's the it's a weird like vacuum, like you know what I mean? Like, the the civil system is not allowed to like interact besides like a basic hue check, which we also find out in this episode, right? So, um, like, we find out that like the basic hue check is like all that the system can do because they're cut off like from the rest of the outside world, right? So yeah. Sybil can't like um, do anything. And what's interesting too, is that we find out that the Sybil system works on sort of like a queue, like a Spotify queue. 
<laughs> and yeah. so the dominator um in the hands of the enforcers and the um you know the uh inspectors it like cuts in line so like just imagine you like are listening to a song and then you're like damn the next song i want to listen to is like 20 songs down i'm gonna pull it up and we know we've all done that before like you know like and that's what the dominator does and the only reason why i bring this up is because it's totally void of civil so like they only know each other's hues if they are shown each other yeah but there's still a relative amount of peace right besides the three murders which is awful and the one guy getting like picked on but it, it does show that like in a system that's seemingly uh, uh what ungoverned for the most part yeah it's almost like the the group will weed out the weak you know like yeah. in a sense like although he's performing his job well the um the murderer he's kind of a weak or he's weak socially right he's not yeah. super like he's not the one picking on other people he's the one getting picked on so um I mean, that doesn't mean that he's like an unworthy person of like love and affection, you know, all those good things. But it's just for whatever reason, he's like weaker in the sense that he's getting picked on by the the stronger. And so he's getting, in a sense, like corrected, but also like weeded out because eventually they do kick him out. Um, you know, once they're able to establish a connection um, and then they can, you know, paralyze him and get him checked out and so that yeah. way he'll but just imagine what happens after that like the 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 um the factory will go back to normal but like will it though like who are they gonna make fun of now is it just gonna be like one to well, the next that was my next point is is the civil system like first off i think you you kind of touched on something there that like regardless of systems because we all want to blame government all this and this humans will create their own systems even in like their own friend groups or in you know their religious groups or right. whatever they will create basically mini governments right like these people are devoid of civil but obviously there was a top dog they had a you know a supervisor and they had a a guy who was at the bottom of the totem pole so to speak and then that got me thinking, there's the line when Kogami goes, well, when the, the supervisor like coldly says, hey man, like that's just how it is. You know, they bully the guy and everybody's hues stay natural and up because <laughs> they've got a guy to bully and there's nothing right, else. Right, yeah. And then, and he's like, that's why Sybil chose him to come here. And then Kogami goes, and Sybil also chose a spineless dude like you who's yeah. going to overlook that. Allow abuse, yeah. You know? And then it got me thinking about like our own systems. And I've always, I, I stand by this. I remember getting in an argument with uh, one of our teammates. I'm not gonna call him dumb, but this is, this is just the case. <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling him that it's people who make systems. Yeah. Not systems that make people. At the end of the day, the mirage of systems is um is that it's people behind them they they aren't real democracy i can't touch democracy i can't smell it right 
I can't put a knife through it. <laughs> it is not a real That's true. thing. What it is is something created by us and society, which is people. So now I'm thinking to myself, Sybil is so calculated and in this way almost is acting like like the systems Sybil puts in place require people who are going to uphold said systems. Mm. Because like I said systems aren't real. So yeah. you know it's it's like a you can't have Burnley players. Burnley's a Premier League side for those who don't watch soccer, known for playing pretty ugly football. I will give it to them though this season they've improved. I mean, I saw yeah. them Burnley and I was quite impressed. They were playing proper proper soccer. But anyways, <laughs> usually known for playing ugly football and Barcelona is best one of the best teams in the world known for playing beautiful football in their heyday at least nowadays they kind of all right but the point being is that you can't have players from Burnley go into Barcelona and play the Barcelona system because Barcelona system requires certain skills that right. the Burnley players don't have regardless of the ideal of the system the Burnley players wouldn't be able to pull it off well and now you come into Sibyl you can't have the system that Sibyl has if you don't have people who are willing to uphold the Sibyl system in the positions that uphold the system so i wonder Sibyl is not necessarily even like this episode made me think is Sibyl even holding anything up is it mm. actually objective and like devoid of human interaction because at the end of the day Sibyl needs humans to keep the systems going. When it puts right. people in these factories, when it puts these people in these jobs, it needs people who are going to sit there accept what Sibyl is telling them and then keep keep it in like a cyclical nature. Like acceptor keeps system, system keeps going. And with right. the supervisor that's that's the case. With Genosa that's the case. Yeah, what at the when they get to the factory, Genosa's like telling Akane, you remember when, when she's like, I think I could be real good friends with the enforcers. Right. And he's like, he's like you dummy. What, what do you mean, you dummy? And he, and then he tells her his famous line, which I think is pretty wise, Loki. You know, fools learn by experience while the wise learn from history. Which which is ironic because like Sybil seems kind of young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the only history you can learn from would be not civil history for the most part i mean they still have people within this that are still alive that experienced life before civil like masaoka yeah. he's on the force like he knows what it was like before civil and yet i don't know it's kind of interesting because i wouldn't say masaoka is like complicit necessarily um but he definitely doesn't seem to be like vehemently against it i mean you know what i mean but I really don't think he has to be for the most part because it's I mean it doesn't really have a choice now, right? <laughs> it's a strange like like I said it's because the system has come into place and the society has chosen this is right. But I think mm-hmm. back to my point is that maybe it's not the case that Sybil is bad. Yeah. Maybe it's the people that are the problem. Like Kogami kind of points out, maybe it's you. You allow abuse and abuse happens. Yeah. If the if Sibyl actually didn't want to be like upheld 
Or you know what I mean? Of course, the system yeah. is going to fight itself. But like, it, if it just puts someone different in that factory, maybe it would turn mm. out different. But what also might occur is that the people might flip on the hues and all that stuff or whatever. So Sybil yeah. then uses system people to keep the system going. Mm. Whereas like, I don't know, before I've always thought of like Sybil as like its own entity. entity that was doing things. When I watched this episode, I was like, I don't think Sybil's the real problem. The real problem is that the, the people in the society literally uphold... Oh, somebody had to create it. Yeah, they like from the very it. beginning, somebody had to create it, right? Yeah, like it's not like yeah, a computer really can create itself. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I never really thought about that. Like, after even after I have watching or having watched this like show like so many times, like it's true. Like the the civil system only exists because the people created it and then started to accept it yeah. in a very short time too you know what i mean yeah and so it makes me wonder what was the system like before that it was so bad that something like sybil was like the best option you know what i mean yeah and it's crazy because i don't even think the show is saying that sybil's like a bad system like a hundred percent and i think that that's maybe some people like my first watch of this i definitely walked away with this i definitely felt like the show was like saying like oh a system like this is a hundred percent evil and i th- i don't think we get that um you know by the end of the show i think the end of the show definitely and like as the show continues into the next seasons does well to balance this like okay this is like almost like the inevitable future like so and i i kind of see this in our own world too like sh- if you look around at the world shit's happening and it's like what the fuck this is terrible yeah we need something that like prevents evil to the best of its ability right like that i don't think that's a bad ideal to have you know what i mean yeah and that's what i mean if it's a if it's a good system and if it's a good you know government body whatever you want to call it like the intention behind it of like you know getting rid of evil is like not a bad ideal and that's what it should probably do right but yeah. then it's like okay well how do we balance that with because like if if you take away it's weird because if if you think about it like there are just some evils that are like uh, unpreventable you know what i mean like hurricanes that's probably that's a bad thing nobody likes hurricanes i i don't even know if you could really call that an evil it yeah, has more bad, of a, more it of a has suffering neg- than an evil right i mean it has like a a negative consequence but it's not like the hurricane itself was not evil like you know what i mean the hurricane yeah. didn't wake up one day and was like yeah i'm gonna kill fifty thousand people and destroy a bunch of shit you know what i mean yeah but like when it comes to human evils it's interesting because it's like you would think that if you can eliminate evil like that's the goal right that you just have all good right but you can't eliminate evil because you can't eliminate humans and Wait. it's weird yeah go ahead I don't know, man. I feel like we we've all met that kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? A kid whose parents literally didn't let them do anything. And like, I don't know. This this is my theory that when like children aren't allowed to exhibit a decent amount of deviancy, mm-hmm. they just grow up really strange. Yeah. 
and then on top of that they they learn to never really trust their urges you know in yeah. types of situations whether it's like sexually sure. or like violently or with anger and because of that like no 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 don't do that don't do that all this when they get to the they just don't know how to control anything and they can never really become like fully capable realized adults because in in this in a weird way i'm not like you know saying that like oh yeah let your kids run wild or something but like in a weird way whenever you did run wild you learned a lesson just in the sense that like you did something and maybe a something happened mm-hmm. or b your parent responded or maybe you just saw it for yourself you did something mm. dirty or mean and you just felt that ugly feeling inside and you're like i don't want to do that again but when it's not even yeah. allowed you don't even know what it is you know and it almost becomes like a like a joy to you because you're like damn this is this is that restricted and it's almost as if like in a yin and yang type of sense to have like a harmony about you there has to be a way to exhibit some sort of like darkness or deviancy that's not like well in a healthy way right yeah that's not a weird big outpouring you yeah. know i don't know i mean well no i mean i agree with you i think like any system should like find a good way to like balance like have healthy outlets like um like for people to like exercise like you know the 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 tiny evils you know what i mean not yeah, like the yeah. like cuz it's weird like even the best of us i mean freaking actually i don't want i don't want to pull any good people from history i don't want to defame them in my mind <laughs> but you know like even the best of us have all had those moments sometime in our history you know sometime in our life where we've thought like really weird or really bad things or just like thought about you know things that like kind of scare us and you're right like even sometimes just having the thoughts alone like can kind of help you like not want to do those things like yeah ever thought about like i don't know murder it's like i mean murder is something we see in like media all the time and it's like like it I'm going to say this and this is sound crazy but hey this is the point we're trying to make like if you ever thought about like murdering somebody like just like how would I plan that like what what would I do like in the moment would I even be able to do it and then it's just like huh, huh. it gave, like it just gave me chills just now thinking about it <laughs> this sounds like it's about to be in like a Netflix documentary Nader Recchio the murderer <laughs> <laughs> started with Spotify <laughs> where he would let out his murderous inklings little did we know right <laughs> oh but I, like and they would all blame it on psychopaths <laughs> I mean I totally agree with you. I remember I wrote an essay about art and philosophy and one of my points was that like art is supposed to point us to truth and sometimes this can be done like horrifically. Like um you know like if I show a, a movie about Ted Bundy or someone and if I show how gruesome the murders are mm-hmm. and like how horrific that is and maybe show like maybe the trauma that the families go through or like how that would warp your psyche that would in turn be a way of showing truth but like through like the negative side of things like hey look mm-hmm. this is so bad and obviously guys like Ted Bundy are trash and they just shouldn't be 
allowed to roam free in society and you know all of these things when you look at that it's like okay you can find the truth that okay murder is bad let me go to the good side but like you said in psychopaths you can't even think you can't even literally you can't even think dark thoughts yeah i mean because if as soon as you do like oh, it's weird you don't even have to think dark thoughts against other people like in the first episode she you know the the victim the rape victim had just been raped and then that affected her mental hue she yeah. probably wasn't even thinking about well we don't even know what she was thinking about but still it's not like she was thinking about like going and like stealing well, she was looking like commit suicide though because remember she gets the lighter that's yeah that's true he, like felt like he needed to shoot her right that's true but i mean in a weird sense though that's like uh like this is gonna sound terrible but like that's like if she's gonna like end a life that's almost like in that sense the not the best case scenario but that's like like in a sense of like killing yourself or killing someone else like it's almost like trying to balance this like which one's the worst evil you know what i mean yeah and it's like weird that that's like what's happening you know what i mean like she's not even allowed to think like oh my gosh i'm gonna kill myself like that's like obviously terrible but then it's like is that even worse than like going and thinking like oh i'm gonna go kill this person you know what i mean like i, I mean, don't know i think the- it's i think it's bad if she thinks i'm gonna kill myself then i think it's even worse that the people who are supposed to keep us safe are just like no we'll kill you yeah 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 like because the truth about it is the, the mental psyche is so malleable and like fragile that mm-hmm. it, it can get into a state where it just thinks i want to kill myself right like, you like we are human we go through things like she had just gone through something terribly traumatic and so she in turn has thoughts that are like hypersensitive and very you know very dark right and like that i think is like uh natural to, in regards to what happened to her i don't think anybody's ever gone through something like that and was like oh, damn let me go get kfc and, <laughs> right yeah um although fast food is killing yourself <laughs> <laughs> but um although i do like kfc uh, oh, yeah. you should have kfc outside of america it's way better but i'm thinking to myself yeah she goes through something terribly traumatic that no one else should go through mm-hmm. and she's damaged and broken obviously and she wants to kill herself which is like it shouldn't happen right but then in this society that once those thoughts enter her head she is then just deemed killable she's not deemed as like oh let's save her i can't or anything like that she's just like ah let's off her ourselves which is like which is just screwed up because like i said the human mind is just that fragile and like malleable that it is going to get in depressive states angry states right really dark states from time to time and those states aren't okay at the same time they're not they're not final mhm in a lot of cases like we are given ways to come back thankfully but like in the civil system that's that's not the case you know this, this is a system that takes kids in when they're five <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know um, it's it's 
definitely interesting because I think it makes I don't know it to me I think proves or not proves but really heavily suggests that there's something um like almost very like um like deep about the brain and like how it's connected to the body and how it's connected to the mind and like obviously the brain is connected to the body right the, yeah. the brain is part of the body but it's weird because it's it's almost like a vessel right yeah just like uh sybil is this you know like ai thing that's housed in in this in the society and it sort of has a like a a mind of its own it's constantly going i mean it's a very smart um very smart you know system and uh ai that can you know determine so so many things so quickly and it can read something about the the mind and the the you know like the soul and like the emotional hue um and then make a judgment about it and so it's it's weird because it 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 to me also begs the question of like who is fully capable like in a society built on systems that are controlled by other people like everything about this but what makes people like qualified to judge other people like not in a sense of like you know like shaming people but like truly judging people like hey you did this time to go to jail you know what i mean or your hues yeah. off time to go get there you know what i mean like it's weird because i like even in today in like our own like politics and governmental system i'm like some people i'm just like how did you make it <laughs> what yeah. makes you more qualified than the the next person and then is also making decisions about my life in some sense you know what i mean yeah and it's weird because it's like almost like a time thing to me like time and effort but it's like weird because we see like micro systems pop up everywhere like our home for example like you know we typically have a parent um i mean it's it's probably not going to be a surprise to anybody but either the mom or the dad you know what i mean like it's 2021 gender roles are you know they're pretty mixed when it comes to like parenting so like for me my mom i always knew she was the she was the one i had to fear <laughs> she was the one when she put her foot down she, you know you weren't going to get around it my dad on the other hand he was much more you know like uh suggestible and <laughs> you could kind of manipulate him uh shout out papa recchio love you man <laughs> and you too mama recchio love you both um but it's like weird because it's like in that system they're both equally qualified in a sense to judge me and my sister right when we do something out of line yeah. we're judged on them and into it like to what you were saying earlier like in this micro system if like you step out of line or if you have a parent that's like too controlly and you step out of line then it's weird because it almost resembles this symbol sybil system in the sybil society where it's like and i'm sure every child um of every generation has felt this in some sense it's like when you tell a parent 
that you want to do something kind of unconventional that doesn't necessarily immediately make a ton of money, they're always like kind of against it. You know what I mean? And yeah. they are, they suggest like, oh, well, you're kind of good at this. So why don't you do this? Like for me, it was like I was really into sports. So my parents were like really suggesting that I do something with like sports psych or, you know, nutrition or, you know, chiropractics or what, like I enjoyed that stuff. But once I like actually started doing it, I realized I hated it. I was like, nah, this is like, this is not for me. And it's weird because like the thing that I see the most is like, what, like, how, how do we bring about something like civil? Like well, if you think about it, even in our own society, like what, how would we go about determining, especially for like, just like take a nation like America, it's a huge ass country. How would you pull together a whole like, like would we just take politicians like now and be like, hey, we're 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 doing the civil system like it's the best way to get people on board and eliminate evil. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I don't think. I think that's a man. My light is dimming like crazy. I think that's a good question, but I I also think it's. It's not even unique to civil itself, mm-hmm. because what I'm thinking to myself is just like a child to a parent. What occurs with nations is we relinquish our rights, certain mm-hmm. rights to a nation, whether you believe rights or exist or not. You know, philosophically, they don't really. But, you know, now they're like a, a talk of the town ever since yeah. John Locke basically invented one invented the word and then introduced them into political discourse in like the 1800s but whatever you know we relinquish our rights certain rights to the nation and these will be things like protection because i don't want to go to war every time someone's like let's mess with america right so i'll say hey paying a tax here so that i don't have to worry about that we relinquish transportation rights and other things so that basically the nation can take care of us kind of in the same way as we do to our parents especially growing up as a kid there's so many things you just don't know and honestly you just don't want to know and kids shouldn't that's true <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah that you relinquish certain rights to your parents to say hey you know of course there's no formal conversation but that's what's occurring that's why your parents can tell you what's what and all this because at the end of the day, you said, hey, you know, I'll play by your rules if you can at least, you know, give me food every night <laughs> and a, yeah, and a bed true. and a house and a stuff. Of course, that's not to say that if the parents want, if parents are like, ah, we're out of a house, you just dip. And you're like, damn, we'll go to the next house. But that's yeah. kind of how nations work for the most part. You relinquish your rights to the said government so that they can take care of you. Now, in civil and in any form of government, the only thing you're choosing is what kind of rights. So in capitalism, it's, okay, I might relinquish my safety right, like the army and stuff, and maybe, you know, stuff like USPS, how I say bail, but I'm not gonna relinquish my right to property. In communism or socialism, whatever, it might be, you relinquish your rights to private ownership to a degree. I say to a degree because it's never that absolute. (laughs) Yeah. 
people always talk about these systems like they know everything but i still think people in russia own their own homes to a degree <laughs> but <laughs> you know you might say i relinquish my right to private property but i also still want you to keep me safe so now what happens with civil is so now most nations are doing this and it's usually like most rules i assume it's invented out of some hooliganism that occurred and then it's it's usually rules are usually thereafter they're like responses to something so you know you know you see it everywhere you always look at a rule and you're like huh why is that there and then you find out oh this guy once did this and you know he came into walmart and he took 10 oranges and now we've got a rule that you can't take 10 oranges or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like what was happening with the Pokemon cards. Yeah, 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 yeah. People started fighting over Pokemon yeah. cards. So what did Walmart do? They instituted a rule that says you can only you buy, buy more than like one. Cards. So th- that's the case. And I think that's the case with nations. At some point, someone decided, hey, I'm going to go attack these people over here. And whatever, we're going to pillage their village and we're going to come back. Then when that group got attacked, they were like, okay, we don't want to be fighting all the time. So how about we designate certain things here and here and here and here. Such a power system is now created. Right. So I think Sybil, the question, like, it is a good question. What did happen in the society to where they decided that, like, we're going to relinquish damn near 95% of our rights? Yeah basically you know we're even gonna relinquish our rights to thought like yeah, in this I mean, episode they can just tell when this guy because that's how they kind of catch him in this episode when because before the murder his hue was cloudy you know he's thinking about the yeah. dark thoughts it was, it's crazy because it was only yellow green it wasn't even like yellow yeah, it was, was just yellow green <laughs> you know and that like it kind of shows that you know the whole civil system is kind of relative yeah where you're at a yellow green there is noticeable but in society and uh, but he was also able to kind of hide because he was in the factory for the most part yeah Mm -hmm. because of the way their system worked there but yeah you'd have to wonder what causes so i don't know maybe a really mass psychosis where maybe a million people in america just kill each other or something of the sort mass depression or something Mm -hmm would get everyone here being like hey maybe we should relinquish our rights to the thoughts and relinquish our rights to this this, and this and this so that we don't always have to worry about i don't i don't have to go on the train and worry about jack over there who's you know depressed and about to kill me (laughs) you know what i mean or whatever so that's how a civil system might get created but that's what it is it's just the relinquishing of rights which is literally how all governments i think work for the most part is that's the concept behind it i don't want to go to war if the taliban ever decide to attack america again like i just don't want to do it <laughs> you know so i've relinquished that's true although that right can be easily revoked yeah i mean but that's also a right i've also relinquished to a degree because i also understand that at some point maybe when the soldiers are called up could be me of course it's not me i'm malawian so (laughs) so yeah that's that's what i think and to a degree that's what makes civil was a decision at some point it was a decision to have this system in power 
Mm. And the system in power then decides to choose people who are going to keep it in power. And it is thus at the end of it, at the crux of every human problem is humans. No government every government in general, every system usually ideally when just spoken in ideals is perfect. If capitalism could work mm. in ideals, it's perfect. If communism yep. and socialism could work in ideals, they usually it's it's a perfect idea. Why can't we all just share things? You know, why can't the free market really just determine everything? But yep. like once you throw humans into it, then it's like no, it just doesn't work. Because at the end of the day, it's humans who make the systems. And I think that's what this episode of Civil is is kind of hinting at that like Civil a psychopath is hinting at <laughs> is like this this is not a the technology is there and sure it's a problem but at the end of the day it's like kung fu panda and the scroll in the first movie you know when he opens the scroll and it's just a, a reflection it's just blank. like behind yeah. every ideal ideology is you which is why i hate when people you ever notice this people use like try to make their like usually hateful ideologies into some complex theory or argument like like i really just think like the border should be tighter because of said 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 economic reasons said 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 um protection reasons said 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 but at the end of the day behind all the riffraff and the fluff is them and what they're really saying is i just don't want these people in my country <laughs> you know what i mean but they try and like act like there's like a like a you know an objective system that i can feel and touch just like people who act like democracy is its own thing so they they don't have to be in the in the blame range or they right. act like you know communism is its own thing because they don't have, they don't want to be in the blame range of like you know being the idea that you're kind of upholding the system well it's weird you because about it like it's separate from you but at the end of the day like kung fu panda you open that scroll man <laughs> behind every ideology is you well it's weird because like when people when like a system fails people like almost want to like blame the system like especially like uh i don't know i i feel like a common one is like um like especially like um the justice system like when it fails we are we immediately say like oh the justice system failed us and it's like but who's behind the justice system you know what i mean so who failed who failed the system first you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> was it the system failing us or was it us failing the the like each other in a sense because that's like ultimately i think what a system is it's just a veil in a yeah. sense it's a like veil it's that just, the people who are in the system are using to justify it. like oh look like a there's a ted talk on capitalism and basically the way we think about money we act like it's objective but we are choosing to choose this system of assigning value to paper yeah <laughs> that is not a thing we discovered it's not a it's not mount everest or something like it it wasn't right. here before us or anything we decided at some point that we we're going to do that and that's what's like crazy to me and getting well, well go ahead i was about to say we probably should get back more on track with the episode getting more on track with the episode 
Kogami basically what he, he fakes a guy out right goes and yeah. bullies him to try and see if he's the type of person who murders <laughs> he is the type of person who murders and with which the show is not hiding at all it wasn't really a mystery the genius uh, no, of the show is it's like it's not like big reveals it's what those reveals imply or say about the society i think yeah it's not like trying to like get you on your feet or something also we kind of missed it but i love the scene when um akane like speaks up to genoza she's so cute man <laughs> but going back to passions and what we've talked about before i think it's important to note as the episode is ending and kogami and the the rest of the enforcers and akane are catching the dude one i found kind of interesting that kogami had to use like underhanded tactics to beat an underhanded person yeah like you know you've you've talked about it before even in the first episode that civil has to like the public safety bureau has to enforce violence to stop violence like it's right. cyclical like even yeah. if you know how everything goes down in that first episode like there's well, supposed like... to be people mentally clear and then they do something that traumatizes you yeah i mean it's weird because it's like the that idea of like equivalent exchange you know what i mean yeah. like you can only like like sort of like undo something or replace something with something that's equally um as like uh powerful you know what i mean and not necessarily equal in like value but like equal in like i don't know characteristic maybe is what i'm looking for maybe effect yeah effect cuz like that's one of the i this might sound really like like a tangent but i think it kind of goes to the point is like um you know like the a big christian like thought is like you know jesus had to sacrifice himself cuz he was the only one that could take on the whole world's sins for all of time you know what i mean like he yeah. was the only one that could like like equalize it in a sense you know what i mean he's the only one that was equal in and so <laughs> so not only was he like up to par with the sin of the world of all time but then he was been more you know what i mean yeah and so that's kind of what i see going on in this episode too is like this is a crime that's happening in in a weird sense like this is a very i mean it's weird because this is an odd crime for the civil system but for all the enforcers this is not an odd crime and like we can see that in that uh like board room meeting that they have yeah. that scene and uh you know this is the part where they're like checking out everybody's hues and that they're talking about this guy um who uh they they're suspecting him of being the murderer and Ginoza freaks out right cuz he's like yo we don't have anything that we can go off of nothing objective right we don't have anything that sibyl is saying that this is the guy that did it but there's no sibyl there so he's like doesn't know what to do without the system right yeah and it's weird because i think this kind of goes against what he was saying at the beginning of the episode to akane right he was saying like hey like don't be a fool learn from history right but in a sense he's the fool in that that uh that moment right because he's freaking out he's saying like hey we don't have anything we can't we can't use against him right 
I mean, it's it's obvious to everyone that's watching. It's obvious to the, all the quote-unquote experienced, right? The experienced enforcers that he's the murderer, right? And he yeah. is. He ends up being the murderer. So it's weird in that sense that like experience is the the wisdom that they needed in that moment to, you know, catch the murderer. And it's weird because it's like, Oh shoot, where was I going with this? <laughs> uh shoot, I lost my train of thought. But it had like I think what I was trying to get at is like the only way for them in this episode, even from like the title, the name of the title, is that like the rearing conventions is like they had to go against the system in order to still do their job, which was yeah. given to them by the system, right? Sybil told them, like, yo, solve this crime, right? They have to go solve the crime, but they don't have Sybil. So they have to rely on something that was before Sybil or something that's not really controlled by Sybil, right? Because the enforcers aren't controlled by Sybil. They are to an extent, but they're allowed by Sybil to be like these sort of maniacal human beings, right? I mean, Sybil was using criminals, people. Right. So you have to... to go enforce the system. Right. And it's crazy because now we're seeing like the, the shift in Kogami where he's starting to return to this like this sort of normal for him right because like he in episode one or well i guess it was episode two in episode two he was saying about how you know he was telling that kind he's like yeah i had forgotten until you showed up that i was like trying to you know solve something and then in the beginning of the episode of episode three we get to see him like go to work right and it looks so and this is brilliant about the show is like it looks so like stereotypically like investigative right like he even has the pictures like no technology none and it's crazy because i think that shows immediately that the person that he's dealing with is outside the system right and that the only way he's going to solve it is by doing something that's outside of the system even though it's the system that's letting him do that you know what i mean yeah and so it's weird because i think going back to the points that we've kind of made already is like even the best of systems have to allow for something outside of the system. Like in, it's in ca- uh, capitalism all the time. There are some areas in capitalism where we have to allow for like socialist ideas or even yeah, like, sometimes uh, communist ideas. Yes, or, um, you know, other like governmental constructs that like just right. cover one whole branch of an industry, so to speak. I mean, even healthcare to an extent. Like, I know that's a huge one where people are like, well, we need universal healthcare. And it's like, no, but we don't. And like, this is a bad idea, but this is a good idea. Well, it's weird because if you think about it, like if you are like nobody, like if you go to a hospital and you're dying, nobody's just going to reject you, right? Like there's going to be some form of universal healthcare that's going to take care of you, right? Just by the nature of healthcare, you have to have something universal, right? If at the very least, you know what I mean? And it's weird because, like, even that exists in Sybil. And so it's like, I think it go back, goes back to that same idea that we've had since the first episode, where it's like, where do you find that balance of, like, unsystem-like things with new system-like things? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, that's just the way the game works. I mean, the... You get criminals to help you out and they right. and it's, it's ironic almost that that's yeah. how most systems are upheld to a degree 
I also think Kogami smiling like when he's hunting hunting Kanahara down yeah is like pretty poignant as well as he's partaking in in what seemed to be like a you know he's almost excited because it's, it's what he kind of used to do like for right, yeah. and look at evidence think basically and then he yeah. he gets like the rush of also enjoying the actual execution of the plan and of course there's also something a bit sinister about it right and i remember you know we have our friend who we won't name but he was doing his whole thing to get into the cops or whatever whatever yeah. thing he was trying to do and it, i remember he told us like they almost kind of want someone who's on the edge yeah. like willing to do whatever it takes but you know not a bad guy or gonna do it but like can kind of understand the mind of a criminal which is kind of yeah. like ironic because you think that oh wouldn't they want to get like some you know <laughs> you know holy type figure to be a cop or some but no they almost want like a borderline criminal but someone yeah. who's not going to like break the law actually but can at least understand how like a criminal would think and i think that's that's pretty interesting and like it's very realistic and very yeah. odd but it also makes sense and at the same time it's also interesting to see that like kokomi smiles when he's like almost like crushed by that like uh tractor things arm yeah the robot ara chooses or that uses when he corners him locate yeah and i think that says something about like the human nature or will like i think there is a part of us that like almost needs to be to a degree close to death to feel alive mm. like i think charles rukowski kind of gets at this when he talks about how he used to starve and write and like you know i think uh, i was watching the movie rush the formula 1 racers the James Hunt the main character mm. kind of says the same thing that there's like something that just makes you feel very alive and with the civil system and how comfortable it is you're never really close to death or even probably even seeing it that yeah. much i am i assume the healthcare is amazing yeah, yeah. like you're almost numb to it and you're like your nervous system is lower like you're you're almost a little less human because you don't have anything to really like spark you up to get you in that like present moment and you're just like dumbed down and nullified by technology all the time at your workplace at mm. your home but Kokami doesn't have that like he lives in a dingy apartment where he trains most yeah. of the day and he's well like, isn't it kind of cool like how like we got to see that like even in like a micro sense like that training come to fruition Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, everything that he was pretty much doing in the beginning was then like used at the end of the episode. I don't yeah. know. I just love it when shit like that happens. And that's like his his like passion. So it's like it's super cool to like he's he seems to be the only character with like uh, a passion that he's living out. Of course, like I said before the enforcers, the other ones have music and video games and he has just been a detective. He just like really really enjoys it. So I don't know, I think just a great episode overall. As usual, it's just so much to say. Yeah. Just so good. 
episode four is even <laughs> oh i am excited oh dude i saw the like you know how in hulu it like gives you a little bit about the next episode yeah i was like yeah, damn yeah. yeah it's getting ready to like really kick up yeah it's like next what two or three episodes is like it's when like i think it's when like psychopaths really starts to like become like psychopaths you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i think it does like psychopaths first three episodes are great i mean they're so good but i really like, think they're world building episodes even this yeah. third one is it's just more world building more getting you thinking about the society you know you know how would it how would a society like this come to be how does certain yeah. things look you know but episode four my gosh i can't wait Ah, oh, goodness. I wish we could do, like, <laughs> just pause and watch it real quick and then do another podcast. Oh, I guess, man, so I mean, good. logistically, I guess we could. I mean, just release one bit by bit. Well, we're at the end. I mean, we definitely probably have way more to say, but... Well, it's crazy. It's 10.30 right? and we work yeah. night fives. I don't <laughs> know about you. Today was rough, man. Hey man, that's you can lament after the podcast. Um, yeah, it's been the third episode of Anime Shampoo. It's me and Nate. Go get IX Foot on Amazon. The link to the website will be in the description or whatever is on Spotify. Yeah. The summary. I don't know what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever it's called. Click it. Check out IX Foot to our four listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hey shout out to our four listeners thank you so much it means a lot we love you man we really do we mean that because it's only four <laughs> <laughs> alright see you next week for episode four peace see ya see ya